Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here with Bill Grunler with CrossFit Inferno out of California. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing great. First thing I want to, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today, volunteering as tribute. It's, you think it would be a no brainer, you know, for some people to want to come on and share kind of the ups and downs of their journey, but you know, it's not something everyone's willing to do. So I want to say thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, first thing that I want to, I want to touch on is to kind of paint the picture, lay out the scene for the listeners to fully understand you know a little bit of your backstory is walk us through what got you into the industry and what led you to to where you're at now 2022 okay um i grew up with uh my parents were both teachers so grew up in kind of the teaching coaching realm Uh, my dad was a coach um forever and I never wanted to get into that whole scene. I mean, I saw what my parents had to deal with and I didn't want to be a teacher and deal with people and all their issues and everything like that. So right. never thought that was a deal. But as I grew up, I, I found myself in these different positions where I was either a coach. Um, I coached some high school stuff, some high school wrestling, high school swimming, um, got into the fire service and became a, uh, a lead trainer in a lot of the classes that we have. And, and again, I'm teaching people, teaching people. And one of those things, being an athlete my whole life and a competitor and everything like that, was training people in fitness. Um, my gym, CrossFit Inferno, actually started as a online training plan, I guess, for firefighters because I was tired of seeing so many firefighters out of shape. Everyone said they could do the job, but when it really came down to it, they didn't have the capacity, physical capacity to do what they need to do to keep themselves safe, keep their crew safe, keep the community safe, all that kind of stuff. So um, it turned into that. And then myself, my engineer, my firefighter, who all we were doing CrossFit and stuff kind of on our own at the station, decided to open up a gym, uh, an actual gym in none of us had any idea what we were doing. I mean, zero, zero business sense. I mean, I could run an incident, houses burning, you know, protecting people, all that kind of stuff. But as far as like actually understanding business part, had no idea. So, um, you know, we were all still working in fire and our gym when we opened up in 2008 was basically for lack of a better word, it was a hobby. I mean, we didn't want it. We didn't think of it as a hobby, but it was just, our fun thing to do. And um, as CrossFit started growing, um, and this is like around uh, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, um, I was realizing that I needed to kind of make a choice of which thing I was going to be doing. The gym started taking a lot of business. Uh, We had a lot of people. Um, I was doing commentary for the CrossFit Games. And so I was, you know, out during the summertime and in California, that's when California's burning is in the summertime. So my chiefs weren't overly excited about me having to leave all the time and I had to give something up. And then I decided to retire out of fire early and go into the, the, just the the gym thing and and run that solo. Um, Again, not knowing that oh, it's an actual business and there are things you need to do when you're in business. Um, And it was a big difference going from having my fire salary 
to not having my fire salary and just having to rely on uh, the gym salary and making that happen. So there were a lot of trial by fire. I mean, I would say, you know, we've been open since 2000, 2008 and I really didn't start to understand or even grasp the idea of what business needed to be until, I mean, probably five or six years ago, maybe, which I'm embarrassed to say, but that's probably pretty true. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that, and it's, it's really beneficial that you said that because there's a lot of people that are wanting to hop into it out of a passion, which is important. You know, it's, right. you gotta have that. The, the fitness industry is a people business and you got to have that passion for people. But, um, I, what I think is so cool about what we're doing here, or just a lot of the different resources there are now for people in the beginning phases of opening up a facility is that, you know, that's the number one thing people say is you've been in the game 14 years, but you know, just five years ago, it started, to kind of click. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine if we could start people where you're at now, Right. You know what I mean? Transit. And then 14 years later, who knows where the, you know, as far as the business is, their business intelligence, the whole nine. So I think it's, it's really cool that you, you were able to shed light on that and admit that because, you know, um, and especially in this industry, people are really obsessive over, you know, PRs over, you know, aesthetics over all of these things, but they're not really obsessive over PRs and, and tracking their numbers within their business. Right. So it's like, that weird delta there of, you know, what they're not tracking, you know? Yeah, no, it it was really, I mean, I I will say this. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a little bit older now, but um, I don't like not being good at things. Yeah. And it was a very humbling experience Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden realize, oh, wow, there's, I thought there was this money that was coming in, or I thought we had this many people, or why don't we have this many people or what? you know, is it about the people or is it about the money? Like trying to figure all that out. And, and one of the unique things that I think we have had um, in the CrossFit space is we've been around long enough now that we have kind of run all the different gamuts that all the CrossFit gyms have done. So first it was like, you make your own equipment and you're, you know, you're training out of your garage or whatever small location that you have. Then it went to, all right, if you're going to be one of the good CrossFit gyms and you need to get the 10,000 to 15,000 square foot spot and you're going to be doing all these classes or you need to be having Olympic lifting classes, you need to have a gymnastic classes, you need to have all these classes. And then it went from that to, okay, now you want to do the six-week challenges with the, you know, don't scare everyone by calling it CrossFit. You're going to call it boot camp and you're going to do the, I mean, we have run up and down and all over the place. And so um, I think for us anyway, and for me, what I like, I really like where we are. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, hundred percent uh, okay with the numbers of how I would do. I'm always chasing numbers and stuff, yeah, but why, why not more is something. I yeah. Like I mean like more, I, well, you know, and I say this for a lot of my, my master's athletes, you know, more isn't always better, better is better, right. you know, um, and, but understanding that like, you know, we're still reeling from the pandemic and, and trying to come back from that. Um, but I like the direction that we're going now versus what we we're doing before. I felt like we were chasing strictly numbers of people rather than what we were trying to do. And, and, you know, so again, we've had a little bit of, I have had a little bit of business maturity to understand. Yes, there are always uh, factors and numbers that we need to deal with, but um, for 
me to make sure, kind of like a mission statement, understand like what I'm trying to do and yeah. having that drive what we're doing. And like, you know, we'll work to the numbers after that, but at yeah. least understanding what we're trying to do when it was getting a 10,000 square foot space was because, well, I think that's just what you're supposed to do. Not understanding why yeah. you're trying to do it, but you know, so. Yeah. And I think um, that's something when, you know, I say, why not more, or people say that a lot is more doesn't always correlate to like, a quantity like more right. more people sometimes more means okay we have you know x amount of members and you know you know now with the business intelligence that you have that you got to be profitable to put back into the facility to add to the value of what your customers and clients experience that's right. what keeps them around so more sometimes means not flooding new people in but maybe like what can we upsell them into? Can we offer them nutrition, supplementation, things they can go get down the road somewhere else, but we're giving them the option to spend it here with us. Right. So more in that sense, which I think is what a lot of, you know, seems like you, you definitely understand that. Well, well, I will say one thing that I'm really, I have been really bad with is, you know, like the, and it got, I mean, it got really bad through the pandemic because we yeah. didn't have any place to put like a retail store. I mean, you're always talking, they always talk about all this m money that you can have the retail stuff. You can sell the supplements, you can sell the drinks, you can sell all that kind of stuff. Um, to me, I, I, I know that it should be there, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put a lot of time into that. It yeah. just seems like it can take a ton of time for a little amount of revenue. Yeah. So what we have really done is changed uh, instead of a product-based uh, business model to more of a service-based business model. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people that go to a lot of different gyms. I know a lot of gyms that have opened and, you know, they put all this money into all the bells and whistles and shiny sparkly things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I'm trying to compare myself to those gyms and like those gyms are usually like the Globo gyms, the big box gyms, yeah. I'm not going to be able to compete with that. You know, they're, no, they're having massive investors coming in to drop all this money on all the neon lights and everything. And, but what I can beat them in is service. And what yeah, I have always sure. done is, you know, coaching has always been our hallmark. I don't care what other gyms are around here. I know that our coaches are able to coach our athletes and our members way better than what other people would be doing. We aren't, yeah. you know, in, in pushing that direction. So we, that's, you know, we talk about like trying to upsell the serve, upsell whatever to our members. Yeah. We really start to upsell the service. And um, yeah, which nine times out of 10, that's what most people are doing is, is upselling into, you know, maybe they just start out in group classes and they're like, you know what, my snatch really needs work or maybe my, you know, my clean and jerks need work, whatever it may be. Then it's like, okay, well, Hey, let's get you into some one-on-one -on -one sessions where right. I can really focus on you. Um, and I think, yeah, for sure. More so than, you know, the supplements, the nutrition, the, the bells and whistles, if you will, but people, you know, when they come into a facility or even being sold that initial time or being upsold into something is they want to feel like they're being sold to their goal, like a right. diagnostic approach of they want to feel heard. And they're like, I really don't care how I get there. I just want to feel like I know that you're going to get me there. And that's, that's something that people miss out a lot, a lot on in the sales process. I feel like in a, in a, in the fitness industry is, you know, people just want to be sold on their, on their goal on that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and we'll get, and again, one of the things I'm not the best at is like all the Facebook marketing and, and stuff like yeah. that. We, um, again, I, 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 I don't want to blame it on an age thing. I mean, necessarily, but, um, 
I have I haven't had a whole bunch of success of just doing the flooding of of that sort of thing. But um, whenever we do have any access of people that are trying to hit us up, or you know, they'll they'll email, and the first email is, "Yeah, I'm interested in price," and that's cool. The door has now been open. Now to me, what my first step every single time I had talked to any of those people is, that sounds awesome. Glad you want to, you know, find out about our our community and what we have going on. Let me ask you about you. I want to know what their goals are. I'm not going to, I mean, a price to the price doesn't mean anything, but if right. I know what their goals are, that that has to be the beginning of our conversation. So no matter where we start, if if the door has been, you know, the, the doorbell was rung, then it immediately goes to them because just like what you said, the goal is what's important. The goal is what's going to keep them there. Everyone can say, well, right. I just, you know, I just want to get fit. And I just want to do whatever. And it's like, ah, yeah. I know there's something else in there. There's a reason why you want to get fit. Why? Yeah. Why? That, exactly. that, that, that relationship. And that's one of the things that I think is different between, you know, a smaller box gym like ourselves and a big box gym, like a, a 24 hour fitness or whatever is the relationship. I'm not oh, looking yeah. for the numbers of people just to get them on contracts. I'm looking for the relationship. So how sure. can I build with you? You know, because that's, I mean, one, that's where we're going to affect a change. Do yeah, I keep them around absolutely. longer? Absolutely. But sure. you know, more importantly, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're going to get the change and that's what we want. That that's our success. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that I notice a lot of, of gym owners from, from talking to them will, will have a, it's well, one, they're, they're not real sure about, about marketing on like digital marketing, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, wherever it may be. And then with not knowing how to do it, there's also a fear of, well, when I, if I do it successfully, I'm going to get a, you know, a heavier flow of leads to the door. And that scares some people. And I always try to tell people, Hey, like you're the owner, you have right. every right to have a vetting process. And I heard a gym owner say this once on the podcast and I'll never forget it. Just because they want you doesn't mean you got to want them back. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds crappy. I guess I have air quotes up, guys. It sounds crappy, if you will. But it's also like, hey, this is your this is your facility. This is your culture. Like You get to shape CrossFit Inferno whatever way you want it to be shaped. So, yeah, and, and, and to touch on, I don't really think it's, it's an age thing necessarily as far as marketing. I honestly just think that most people that try to do it on their own are going to just they're, they're just going to flush money down the toilet nine times out of 10. I always say, if you're not putting a hundred in and getting 300 back at bare minimum, then it's probably not even worth it to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just at least why I feel about, uh, I feel about that, but okay, cool. So let's touch on this just so the listeners can kind of fully understand where you're at right now. So how many current, uh, clients are we serving? Uh, we are around, I'd say somewhere between 90, 90, 95 right now. Okay. Uh, sweet. I think mm -hmm. we, we pre pandemic, we were around, um, 125 mm -hmm. okay. during the pandemic. We were down probably at about 70. Yeah. So you've made a comeback pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, obviously I, I would obviously want there to be more, but yeah. you know, a lot of that is, you know, we're, we're in a, in a, in a college town here. So the, the types of people that we have, it's not a lot of like industry necessarily. You're, they're either, teachers, public safety, whatever, or their students or they're retired. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
our, our student population is kind of in and out, which kills me. I mean, I love the kids, but gosh dang, they're always here for two months, gone for one, here for two more months, gone for another one. Yeah, Probably and where you're but... located, I mean, you're going to naturally have that good churn, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of like, it, just where you're located, it's just something that has to be accounted for, and it is what it is, unfortunately. But right. um, yeah, so, the, so pre-pandemic, you were at 125, you would say, give or take. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, and I, I, you know, I notice right now a lot of people are like, "Yo, like we're not able to get back to to what we were pre-pandemic," and we really thought people would just want to come back. And yeah. it's like they 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 aren't. Why? What's you know what I mean? And that's where I noticed that right with the pandemic, it's like we can't really rely on word of mouth anymore, like or that organic marketing to get back to where we were. It's like we have to say, "Hey, like." our facility is clean. Like we have to yeah. run a whole new way now. Like we clean everything all the time. Right, right. Like it has to just be like such like a different thing now to, or like a different target. You know, people are just weary nowadays. And it's just, honestly, I tell people all the time, I'm like, this is just, you got to roll with it. I, this is just what the world is like now in the fitness industry and, and will be for a, a long time, you know, until we get to some new level of norm, normal, you know, again, right. actually, but okay. So I know that you're of course wanting to grow. I can see that. So what are you actively doing right now to, to get back to that pre pandemic number? Uh, well, just like you said, a lot of people are depending where you are, what state you're in, uh, what location you're in, um, depending on, your current feeling of what the pan, you know, the, the, what COVID is and, you know, whether you think it's an Armageddon or whether you think it's a complete hoax or anywhere in the middle, you know, it's, it's up to me to make sure that we are able to let everyone be as comfortable as possible. So one of the things that we did, and I know a lot of, a lot of gyms really tried to pivot to go to zoom classes right away. Um, That was something that we did. So within a day, we went from having eight, classes a day to we had five zoom classes a day and we held that through all the way I mean, for the most part all the way through um it was rough for a lot of people obviously you know not everyone enjoyed the zoom experience but what i think one of the greatest things that came out of the pandemic was the fact that that was now a viable option for people whether it was at their jobs whether it was with their new career whether it was working out they could still get that um, that thing, and you know, we we saw like um, companies like Peloton and the Mirror and stuff like that that exploded yeah. during that time because people wanted to get something. What those platforms don't offer is coaching. It, mm-hmm. They offer cheerleading. It's live, and they can look at the heart rate monitors and all that kind of stuff. But it's not a coaching platform. So even though people are doing things. And there's the convenience there of being at home and, you know, whatever else. Um, I didn't want to lose our touch with that. So as we started opening back up, one of the things that we did to increase our level of service um, to help our people come back in and, you know, be able to work on more of um, affinity marketing. So like our friend, our members, friends, our members, families, and start from that inner circle was, okay, we have, we're now back open. We have six classes a day. We continue, we never shut down our Zoom. We never shut it down. What we did is we added our Zoom to our regular class. So um, one of the, I guess, cool things, I know our members kind of like it, but you know how like everyone had the squares that they were working out in? Yeah. Okay, so we have those remnants still. So in our gym, we have 16 squares 
that you can work. And we limit our classes to 16 anyway. Um, so there's enough of that coach member um, uh, mm -hmm. relationship there uh, or ratio. Uh, but then we just have our iPad up set up and that's just another square so every yeah. single one of our classes we also have a zoom class that goes along with that nice. we also have we record the last zoom class of the night so that if you can't be at any of the live classes of the zoom class you now have that recorded class available nice. um and then uh so you can watch it at whatever time and then you know that's we we post that every night on our in our uh, private Facebook group that, you know, we have the, the workout, the, the leaderboard that we have, we put a picture of that and then we put the workout up and we have our app that everyone uses so they can see what the workout is. So what it's allowed us to do is expand our level of service. Um, you know, again, being able to advertise the fact that like, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. We can still help. We can still keep you fit. We can still keep you healthy. And then talking, you know, really, we are a health facility and a, and a health company. So, you know, again, whatever your feelings are on COVID and, you know, if vaccination or not vaccination or whatever, you will always be in a better position if you are healthier. So we are always leaning into that health. We want our people to, to be as fit as possible, to keep exercising, mm -hmm. um, obviously to eat right. Uh, but that's our base level setup. So we can go from that you know, and then we talk about our nutrition. We talk about just like we said, our personal training stuff, if we have that, but we really um, leaned into the service side of that. Um, and then from that, that's what, what, what I was saying before was we had members that either left the area that since we were still doing Zoom are still members. We have a couple of members in Arizona, some in Idaho, some up in San Jose um, that they know what we offer as far as coaching. So they didn't want to leave. Um, yeah. And now they can go wherever and they can do that. And then again, they could just pull people in. Um, granted, it's not the big waterfall of having, you know, 80 leads come in at one time and, and struggling to do that. But I, I really, I really try hard to put a lot of our time and energy into our people that are currently there yeah. rather than spending a lot of time and energy into people that aren't even part of our family yet, you know, and right. then leaving our family people kind of out in the dark, just hanging on. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think there has to be a perfect balance of, you know, where you really hone in on word of mouth and referrals and make sure you're tracking that and you make sure that, you know, you know, our OG clients are bringing in, you know, whoever, um, you know, I, I think that's super important. And there definitely has to be a balance of that and then growing and expanding the culture of right. like, okay, yeah, we do eventually want to see new faces, you know, cause we don't hate money and we don't hate helping people. We, we love, you know, we want to help new people. And then by having new people means that we are able to put more into the facility and, and right. ultimately that value back to our, our clients, which is the only reason the business is, is standing because of the right. clients. So, yeah, I think that's huge for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I would say, um, so that's contributing right now to your growth. So right now, just from referrals, you know, anything organic that you're doing, how many new faces do you, are you seeing right now monthly from that? Um, I would say, I mean, our, our churn, our churn is, I hate the churn. I really do. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be like, wow, we got four people in here this month, you know, four brand new paying members, and we've had four people that left at the same time. So there's a lot of churn to it. I would say we average somewhere between, um, probably two to six members, um, a month. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously depending, uh, I think CrossFit gyms are a little bit different in the fact that we don't do, 
I don't think we get the same flood that a lot of the big box gyms would get, mostly because our business model isn't about, you know, throw a super cheap price out there to get a lot of people in to lock in for a year sort of thing. No, um, yeah. And again, the other thing I, I, I and I, I am by no means, um, <laughs> I'm nowhere near where I want to be as far as like marketing and, and being able to do lead generation and stuff like that. But I, it, I have a hard time giving new people that have never been here this super mega discount, but then I have people that have been loyal to us for two years and all through the pandemic and they're paying full price. Like I have well, a really difficult time with that, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, who's to say that you have to market a discount at the end of the day, you could just market your service and, and, right. and testimonials or people, right. you know what I mean? Like you don't even have to give a discount. That's something that I'm going to be an advocate for always is don't give a discount. I agree. You know what I mean? Because then you have group on clients that come in, they come off of a deal and then they leave right. because if there's no skin in the game, like I always say, people who pay, pay attention at the end of the day. It's oh, not, yeah. it's not robbing people of their money. It's like, Hey, this is what we know we're worth. And right. we know that this price is a correlation of the value you're going to get here. So, you know what I mean? I don't even think the marketing would have to be done with a discount or some sort of like, Hey, come in and get your first week free or whatever. Um, because then it's like, then, then when they are getting charged, it's going to hit a lot harder because they just had their first week for free. Oh, yeah. They're going to yeah. have, to, you're going to have to increase it. And then it's just, you know, it's yeah. So I always say if, if there's a way to, to, to not don't. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I, uh, I mean, that was, that was a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, but I think to do that, um, you have to really understand what your service is yeah. because mm -hmm. even, then even, you know, depending, depending on what sort of level or what direction you go with marketing and, you know, whether you're doing Facebook or you're doing Instagram or you, you try to do some sort of affiliate uh, affinity marketing with your members or whatever that might be. It's like, you really have to understand what you are giving them mm -hmm. because if someone says, you know, just like I said, when someone goes, yeah, I just want to know what your prices are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going to tell you right off because I need you to know what the price means. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you, we don't, we don't sell a product. We sell a service mm -hmm. and I need to tell you, you know, what we are and the fact that everybody says that, Oh, our expert coaches, but you need to know why we are expert coaches. You need to, you need to yeah. see that kind of stuff so that you know that you're getting what you pay for. Yeah. Do you so, follow, do you follow any of Grant Cardone's content? Uh, not so much. With him. I, you know, I, I will say this, like I've gone through, um, uh, I mean a lot, at least in our space, a lot of different people. Um, one of the, the one I've been following most is Chris Cooper, the two brain business group. Okay. Um, they have a lot of great content. Yeah. Um, Chris gives out a lot of free stuff, which is really, really helpful. Um, a couple of the other guys that he works with, um, I can't remember the name right now. He does the, uh, profit first. Um, uh, what's his name? John, I want to say John Briggs. I can't remember right offhand. Uh, but those, like, I'm always watching what those guys yeah. are doing insane and under like that, that, that's what I mean. Like that new understanding of, of what I'm, what I'm doing. And even though you know, I've understood the idea of like, okay, this is a business, not a hobby kind of thing over the last, you know, six years. 
that's where I feel that I'm constantly, I feel like a complete new kid. Even now, you know, we've been in the business now for 14 years and I'm still like, okay, how, okay, how do I do the, how do I do the Facebook ad thing? Okay. There's the boosting thing. And yeah, how, do and, I, how does and that I work? Think where you're at right now. And, and I know, cause I hear so many people say this, I think where you're at now, you've been in the game for 14 years and it's like the business end of things, you know, you said it's just, just starting to like make sense. And I think what happens in this transition that you're in is like people are in this like limbo of, okay, if I'm more tuned into the business, then does that make me less passionate? Does that make me feel like I, I care less or, you know what I mean? And I, and I hear that like tug and pull a lot, but like with, with gym owners, if they're like, well, you know, um, it's not about this, it's about this. And it's like, it's gotta be about both. You right. Know? It's gotta <laughs> be, be about passion the passion. One, but if the doors aren't open, you aren't helping anybody. <laughs> and you gotta make money. Like, cause it's like money is, I feel like people, you know, in the, in the business can sometimes look at it as like such a negative thing or like, they don't want to be viewed as they're just in it for the money, but it's like, it's an important, if you're, if you're not making money, then you don't really have a business. Right. So what I brought up, what I was going to say about Grant Cardone is because I just, I listen to his audiobooks a lot. And he actually had mentioned, um, and your, your, your point about not telling the price, uh, this is what kind of made me think about this, but, um, he, I, he said he was driving down the street and he saw a Hummer that he wanted. So he called the local whoever and was like, Hey, like, I saw that you guys have this Hummer. Like, what's the price for it? And they were like, I'm not telling you um, the price. And he was like, okay, but like, if I know the price then I'll probably stop in and, and check the place out because I need to weigh out my options. Well, they never told him the price. So he went to the competitor because he never got his answer. So my, my thing to pick your brain on that is, I think sometimes people need to hear the price and then follow it up with the value that they get for that price. Because sometimes it's like people need to know that and not feel like it's, I don't, that's just something I've noticed personally is, Sometimes, well, we, but I, I see your point to that also. Well, like, and well. we, we, and we've, we've done that too. And, yeah. um, what something, I mean, I, I guess it's, like you start it's doing things that feel more comfortable with you. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. what are you able to play And I will tell them the price. I mean, it's not that I won't tell them the price, right. but I want to find out what they're trying to do first. If someone is, <laughs> if someone is hitting me up, that's because they are wanting to make a change in their life for some reason. Exactly. I want to know what that change is. And I want to know how important that change is to them. Because if, if the change isn't really that important, and they think they can be doing it by themselves. It doesn't matter. Like all they're yeah. looking for is like, okay, well, who's $5 cheaper, Yes. you know? And but they think that now right. that that's going to make the change. What I want to do is look, we'll get to the price. Tell me what you want. I'm, I'm the health professional. Like yeah. I'm the doctor. So if you come to me with your problem, I'm going to give you my prescription. Here's my prescription. Maybe, yeah. maybe I think when they say, here's what I'm, here's what I'm trying to do. Like, okay. I totally understand all that. Um, how would you feel if, you know, th when, if these things were to able to change, how would they change your life? I'm allowed, you know, go down that path. Yeah. Then I'd say like, okay, to get there, here are the things that I suggest you do. Yep. You know, group classes or maybe starting with individual classes or maybe it's one on one. Um, you know, are you comfortable working out with other people? You know, mm -hmm. are you not comfortable? What's going to stop you from coming to the gym? I mean, all of these types of things from yeah. that say here's here. This would be my initial suggestion. How does that sound? OK, yeah. cool. Yeah, I can do that. OK, to do that, it's this much money. Oh, like, that's a lot more than I want. I'm like, OK, well, the next step down would be. Yeah. Well, yeah, here, yeah. you know, There's and then like, mm -hmm. and then the next step would be like, okay, would be this. Now what you're missing 
is this, this, and this. So you would have to be able to kind of fill it in your, you know, whatever, but like giving them that understanding and then, you know, then explaining what they're getting with that and how we can help them get to that point. So I, what's really weird is I feel great on the discussion once they come in. It's yeah. a matter of like what I'm, where I'm not good is getting them to come in. Like I am, yeah. I'm, I'm, that is so not a strength of mine of like throwing the net out yeah. and pulling people in. When I, when someone hits me up, I, I feel like we've had a really, a pretty good success rate of getting them in, talking to them, building that relationship getting yeah. them to start so they understand where I'm coming from and I and I hear them. I mm -hmm. understand what they want and then getting that to happen. I just wish that I had a bigger net rather than just one hook that was set out there. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. That makes total sense. And yeah, and I think now when you, like when someone messages you, do you typically text them back or do you ever offer to like get on a phone call? Um, I do both. I do, do both. both. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I will text um i'll i will phone call i will yeah. i mean a lot of times I, I will say this i get i get a lot of very i mean we're, we're so phone driven right now that like text messages are are insane how well oh, yeah. they seem to work and i i wouldn't have yeah. thought that that would have been that as responsive as it is mm -hmm. um but i think one of the things that i've found is there's still a level of anonymity on a text message, even though you're still talking, even more, even more so than if I was talking to someone on the phone. Right. Um, for someone to get very vulnerable on the phone is scary for, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. So they're able to open up and say what they're looking for or say whatever their issues are on text because they don't have to vocalize it. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I think there's pros and cons with text for sure, because I yeah. think one of those people feel like, okay, I'm kind of safe here yeah. behind my phone. And then the con of it is like, if you're on the phone or let's say you're on Zoom and you ask certain questions, it's like, they're going to have to answer something yeah, not yeah. to be uncomfortable maybe for a second, or maybe you're trying to figure out, well, why hasn't this worked in the past? Why now, you know, all of these questions that you're asking to ultimately show them like, Hey, this is why we're priced at this point, And this is the yeah. value we bring. And sometimes, you know, that uncomfortable interaction is what people need. So I think that there's pros and cons of both for sure. Cause we do live in such a text driven world now. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. try, I try to like, you know, once the, the text communication starts and that relationship starts, you, um, and I do the best I can at making them feel comfortable, yeah. uh, you know, listening to what they're having to say and then, and then move from there to, Hey, do you want to hop on a phone call? Hey, why don't you, why don't you come to the gym? We can just, we'll talk. We'll just, we'll yeah. hang out. We'll watch one of the classes. We'll, you know, just see yeah. what's going on and you can ask me any questions that you want. Mm -hmm. So again, to make them feel comfortable for what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, if I look back on my little business career here, um, that, that element of getting people in, I think once they're in, in that turnover, I think, um, we've really gotten a lot better. And I think it's because I really understand what we're giving. And yeah. I've really, you know, like I said, leaned into that. Um, now it's just about learning the other part and getting better at the other part. <laughs>
Yeah. So you, do you think right now with kind of the process that you're doing with lead nurture, ultimately, because that's what you're doing is you're right. nurturing that lead, trying to figure out what they need as you continue to grow. Um, do you think that you'll be kind of trading time for dollars at that point or needing, you know, someone to take on that lead nurture or to automate it, to be able to, to, to grow and be um, honestly, probably it. yes to all that. Um, I mean, you know, this is my business and it's my passion. Right. And so there's my blood that's all over this thing. So I, I, I don't know. And I would have to train someone to do this or find someone that is, you know, yep. that kind of talks the way I talk about it. But like, you know, I, I think that even what helps me in lead nurturing is I'm a good teacher. I'm a good coach. Yeah. And so I, when I'm dealing with my members during the class or one-on-one -on -one or whatever, that's what works with them is I'm able to make that connection. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to someone like, I, again, like I'm not, I don't feel like a salesperson. Yeah. I feel like, a, I feel right. like a coach. And you so I, I need, something. right. Yeah. yeah. So I want to find, if I was to get someone to do that um, or whether if it was just me, I, um, it, it would be that too, but I have to find someone who could do that. Like I can, mm -hmm. uh, the downside, I guess for myself is I like to coach. It's super fun. And I don't want to take yeah. myself off the floor to do that either. So yeah, no, and, and you definitely shouldn't. And that's something I, I talk to gym owners about a lot is like, well, one, you shouldn't because you, if you got into this because you love to coach, so you should continue to coach. But when it becomes like a point where, you know, the business grows and grows and you feel like, okay, now I feel like I have to coach. Now I feel like I have to do these things. Yeah. And that's where it's like, oh, let's find someone that's as much of a carbon copy as of me as possible. So I can look at the business out of bird's eye view rather 100%. than you know, because what I notice sometimes, and this is unfortunate, it sounds like you're you're gearing out of this in some ways, is some people create a business just to be an employee in their own business at the end of the day. Oh, and then man, we're workers. We don't know. Like, if you're not, if you don't come from an, an entrepreneurial background, yeah. you have no idea. You're like, oh, I got this. I'm making these cool things. I got money coming in. I'm going to work myself until the day. Like, well, that's, that's what, what happens. Like. Is, yeah. yeah, people will create a business to be an employee of their own business to work 80 hours. <laughs> When they could have worked for someone else working 40 and made the same amount right, of money. Right, right. And they're like, oh, it's about the grind. It's about the hustle. It's like, no, dude, you need to get help and you need to back off a little bit and like grow and like yeah. be able to, you know, and people say all the time, I'll be like, hey, what's your biggest bottleneck right now? They're like, me, me. They're like, I am the gym's biggest bottleneck because I can't step back and trust that someone else will do it like me. Like I had a guy I talked to yesterday and he's awesome. And he was like, you know, I'm starting to realize that even if I bring someone in that does 80% or in comparison to my hundred, that's still really freaking cool. And yeah. that allows for me to go do who knows. They're like, he's like, I can't even think about the things I could do because I'm too busy doing the things that I'm always doing. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So totally. yeah, it's just, that's something I notice is like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it says a lot to be able to eventually, you know, and I see, it feels like your, your wheels are turning on this to be able to step back and, you know, uh, be able to look at the business at a different angle. Yeah. Know? It's, uh, I definitely know it's something that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I have tried it a couple of different times. You may not be ready yet. And it hasn't, well, I mean, not that I'm not, not that I am not ready, but 
whatever that getting that next person back in hasn't quite gone the way that I wanted it to go. We're like, I'm watching yeah. them do. And a lot of that is, you know, like building, um, this is something that, that, uh, like Chris Cooper talks about the two brain stuff is building the policies and procedures of what it is that you're doing so that your coaches know exactly what they do from the second they get there to when they leave yeah. all the things in between. And then even, Structure. Yeah. you know, whether it's a general manager thing or someone that wants to hop in and do whatever, like a lot of those things I don't have down as, you know, straight up policies and procedures. And I'm, I'm building that now. Yeah. Um, the structure is huge. And, and, you know, I think, yeah, you got to have structure, you know, in the end of the day to, to keep someone on that straight and narrow, yeah. or, you know, so they feel like they have a game plan every day that they come in and clock in. It's like, okay, this is my task for the day. Right. I'm going to do my part for Bill, you know, right. I mean? so <laughs> you're like, got to do him justice. But yeah, so Bill, hey, we're, we're near the end of our time here. So something that I want you to do um, is to, you know, if you can give a piece of advice to the listeners that you know, they're in your shoes now, or maybe that's where they're headed. Um, and then also let them know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, sure. On social media, um, you can find me. Um, just uh, so, uh, Instagram is at Bill Grundler, um, all one word. Or you can find my gym at CrossFit Inferno. Um, I have a podcast also that we do a lot of programming stuff. For those of, those of you out there that are programming gurus and coaches and stuff like that, We it's called Get With Underscore The Programming. And it's myself and Chase Ingram. Um, we both do commentary for the games and the CrossFit games and, you know, off season, uh, events and stuff like that. We analyze programming and look at it and stuff. So you can check that out on all the regular podcast stuff. Um, but my word of advice would be this is, um, you can't let yourself be so proud that you're not going to understand that like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing on this. I mean, you, I think, you know, we all are very hard workers and, you know, to be an entrepreneur, I think there's always going to be a natural drive, which is awesome, but you can't keep driving with your head down, not understanding of how to make it better. So, you know, like myself, I mean, I've been doing this for 14 years and I by no means know what the hell I'm doing on a regular basis. I, I think we, I've gathered a lot of information and a lot of knowledge and experience over the last couple of years. Um, but that's because I seriously sat down and was like, okay, I am completely open to learning yeah. how to do this stuff. So, you know, let yourself be humble, uh, be open to new things and suggestions and, you know, no advice out there is bad advice. As long as you are able to look at it and kind of analyze that and see how you can make it work into your thing. Not everything is going to work in your deck of cards, but um, if you have yeah. all the different options, you can kind of see, you know, stand back a little bit and modify all the things to work to your benefit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that bill. And also thank you for for joining us today. No, oh, my pleasure. It was awesome. Cool, cool. Well, Jim Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you like what you heard, like and subscribe on all of your favorite listing platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, absolutely fill out the application form below. We would love to have you. Again, it was Bill Grundler with CrossFit Inferno out of California. And Jim Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Angelo from Moxie Training Company in Missouri. What's up, Angelo? How are you today? I'm well. How are you, Bree? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you. My pleasure. Always happy to uh, try and share some wisdom and my story and help people out as much as we can. Absolutely. Love that. All right. Let's just jump right in. So what is it that made you want to own your own facility since i'm currently on facility two i'll start with facility one um, okay. <laughs> i'll try and make it brief but in 2011 when i opened my first facility uh, i was actually a high school math teacher at the time and i had just found crossfit i had used it to train for a few years i was doing it before i taught school i had a couple of the students doing it with me uh, just all kind of fun and then the crossfit open hit the first ever open hit in 2011 I ended up doing really well. I went on to regionals and competed as an individual at regionals. And then family-wise, I had a few things happen where I had to move home. I was teaching in Kankakee, Illinois, and I had to move back to uh, Mundelein, Illinois. So when I moved back, it was very late in the year. It was going to be just hard to find a teaching job. It was July and, and school start in August. So I decided to open up a small personal training studio um, just to kind of get by for a year and ended up never looking back. And so that's kind of the story of how the first facility originated. Okay, yeah, so it was more of just kind of like a spur of the moment thing, but now it led you here and now you're on to your second facility. So how did that transition happen? I was, at the time, uh, I just opened in June. Uh, so really recently, only about five months in, but I had managed a gym for about six years. Um, I tried to, to buy in and kind of make that my permanent home. Unfortunately, I was still paid by the class after six years. Uh, not everyone at that facility was. I was coaching more classes than any other coaches. I was doing the staff development. I was the head trainer. I had been the head trainer for six years. And when I wasn't able to buy in and I kind of found out that other people had salaries or being treated a little bit differently, it was just time to put some sweat equity into something that I could make. Not necessarily my journey, but just something that is an investment into myself versus someone else's investment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of do things the way that you want to do things rather than the way that somebody else wants to do them. All right. So as far as your facility now, what does your business model look like? Are you doing group training, semi-privates, one-on-one? What type of classes do you offer? How's, how's that work? Uh, we actually do all of the above. And so okay. we offer uh, nutrition services. We have a couple of nutrition clients that we work with. We actually do semi-privates, which is essentially small group classes. So we do have one of those. We do a lot of personal training. Um, at this facility, I have actually, in my 11 years of uh, managing and owning gyms, I've never done as much personal training as at a facility as we have here. And then we do offer group classes. Now, most of those we just call functional fitness classes at this point. I'm a CrossFit level three trainer. Uh, 1% of CrossFit trainers are level three. And so it's not something that's super common. We're not affiliated just yet, um, but we do functional fitness style training. So interval training, we do some tempo strength training. It really depends on the day. Okay. All right. So lots of different things that you have uh, going on within the facility. So you also offer 
nutrition coaching as well as your classes, your one-on-one -on -one training. Are there any other streams of revenue that you have within the fall four walls of your business that you're offering as services to your clients? We do individualized programs. Um, I've been doing programming now for 12 years. I've coached a lot of athletes at high levels outside of just gen pop. And so something we do offer is individualized programs that are completely suited for someone's specific goal. We don't have a ton of people that are utilizing that right now, but we do have a few. And so that's another revenue stream we do have. Okay. All right. Awesome. And then as far as pricing goes for those things that you can add on, is it kind of like a la carte, like they have basically a, a membership baseline that they pay and then they can add services on, or is it a monthly charge for uh, those additional services? How does that work? It depends on the service. Um, we try to keep it as simple as we can. So essentially if you're a member, you're coming to classes, that's the most, that's the main thing you're gonna get out of our facility. Then we have a monthly membership and a couple of different monthly options. Personal training, we go per session. Typically we have packages like most facilities will, but essentially it's per session. When it comes to adding on, individuals that come to classes can add things on. So they can add on some supplemental programming if they want some accessory work or some skill work. They can add on a personal training session if they want skill work, et cetera. When it comes to just like the actual nutrition and program themselves, so that is a la carte. Those are standalone programs that anyone could access or uh, get from us. Okay. All right. Awesome. So as far as your membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving? All things considered. So that means our uh, specialty programs, our personal training, our group classes, mm -hmm. our nutrition, et cetera. We're a little bit over 70 individuals right now. Okay. All right. So 70, 70 clients and you've only been open since June. So that's Correct. quite a few people coming in your doors for being open a short amount of time. So as far as getting those people into your doors, how are you kind of putting yourselves out there? Are you doing any type of paid advertising? Is it more organic through social media, uh, word of mouth? What does that look like? How are you generating new faces? A lot of it is organic. We do some Google ads. We try and, we're trying those out. Uh, they're going pretty well. We're definitely getting more clicks on our website and getting some more inquiries, but most of it's organic. Uh, I've been in town for six years. Even coming into town, I had a bit of a reputation because I had competed at a high level in CrossFit for multiple years and things like that. So when I left, I think that reputation helped. My coworkers are also well-known in town, which has helped a ton. Um, one of our coworkers was a coach at a school for track specifically she's she's great with that and she's brought in a lot of specialty work with that um my other coworker has worked at different gyms uh, all around our, our town and so he's well known so just having kind of the reputations the three of us have had we've grown organically from that but we are trying some marketing tactics we're releasing some videos we're doing testimonials we are doing some google ads so we are trying some things outside of that Okay. All right. And so, yeah, definitely having a good reputation in town helps as far as word of mouth goes. Um, so how long have you been running your Google ads for and anything outside of the organic stuff? How long have you been running those ads for? About a month and a half now. About a month and a half. Okay. And as far as returns from those ads, how many new faces would you say that you've seen over the last month, month and a half or so? Ooh, um, 
probably people that we've con- converted that have inquired probably three to five. Three to five. Okay. And as far as membership growth goes, is there a specific goal that you're trying to get to as far as members go within the facility? I know we always want to help as many people as we possibly can. So what does that look like for you? Of course. Um, when it comes to classes specifically, really the goal is to have 50 members that come to classes. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They come to classes. They don't, but they're not interested in personal training. They're not necessarily interest, interested in program design or nutrition, but they love our classes. That's the goal for us to hit uh, this year. Okay. So this year, um, so within your first year of business or by the end of 2021? Great question. I think it started with being the first year of business. I think we're trying to push for end of 2021 or first quarter of 2022 now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It seems, like I said, it seems like you've grown pretty fast initially. So to kind of keep that going and roll right into the new year, where you'd like to be would be perfect. Um, So as far as getting there, what is the plan to get there as soon as possible? Lots of different things. I don't exactly know what will end up working out best for us, but we are going to try uh, releasing a lot more content. One of the things that we kind of talked about already is the knowledge base that we have at our facility is very high. Uh, one, mm-hmm. one of my coaches, again, has a PhD. The, we, we have a lot of knowledge across the level three trainer. We don't release a whole lot of content. So if you know us, you know that we kind of know what we're talking about. But if you just walk through the door, we just look like a good old run-of-the-mill gym. So we're trying to start releasing more content. That's going to be step one, which will hopefully bring in some social media um, ads into into play. So we will advertise that content to try and get some reach in our area that we're not getting organically or just from the people that know us. So that's one of the first steps we're taking. Okay. And are you the person that's managing your social media? Are you taking the videos, editing them, posting them, providing the content for your social media? So I do a lot of our stories, but my uh, business partner is actually going to be the one that manages it all. So he makes all of our social media posts. He records some of the videos. We actually kind of take turns on that. So as I said, I've done a lot of the stories. Um, he'll, he'll create all the posts, but when it comes to releasing the content, we're trying to do that together. So he's videoing most of the time and then I'm presenting or vice versa. We're trying, we're trying to switch it up as much as we can and we're just starting this process. So we'll kind of figure that out as we go, but we're trying to mm-hmm. make that something that we do tangible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's super helpful to have somebody help you out with that because a lot of times it can be overwhelming when you're on the floor training, you're trying to pay attention to the business, the numbers, uh, and then you're trying to post on Instagram too. It can be a lot to pay attention to. So it's definitely nice to have help with that. Um, So how many coaches do you have within the facility? So your coaching, does your uh, business partner coach classes do one-on-ones as well or is he more on the business side so starting september 1st we moved him over he did have a different job and he mainly just managed our social media that was kind of his role uh we moved him over september 1st and now he's on the floor um not as often as i am but he's on the floor a lot 
so he's doing mm-hmm. a lot of one-on-ones. He's doing semi-privates. He's got a lot of nutrition clients. And so he's fully integrated into the facility at this point, which was way sooner than we actually anticipated. We anticipated him having to keep his full-time job, honestly, for, for at least a year is, is what we had anticipated. Right. Um, okay. But just ended up working out where we could shift him over a lot sooner than we thought. Okay. All right. So you're at a place now where the business is able to support both you and him without either of you having to work another job. Correct. And we do have a third coach um, who helps out uh, immensely. And so she is the last piece of our staff. Okay. Awesome. So there are three of you in total. Correct. Okay. Uh, So as far as goals go, for the next six months to a year or so. Is there anything specific that you're looking to accomplish within the business? Obviously membership growth is always something that we're looking to do, always looking to help as many people as we possibly can. But outside of that, is there anything specific that you really focused on? Trying to carve out a niche probably for us specifically, um, which goes back into will we affiliate or will we not? And so we're trying to maybe carve out a specific niche a service we can provide a little bit maybe better just from experience than some of the surrounding competition but ultimately like you said it's about helping out as many people as can when it comes to goals it's getting people through the door so we can help them to begin with um, which you Mm -hmm. kind of mentioned so that's members but outside of that it's just trying to take care of the members we have the most and then releasing content so that the people that are here know they're being taken care of, how they're being taken care of. Uh, They start, again, more organically, word of mouth, referring people. They can point them to our content, which will help us because it'll be a specific, like, this is why we go here, this is why we like it. You can find all this information here. Right, yeah, absolutely. Defining that super specific avatar and targeting the right people to get the right people in your door because you can have a million leads but if they're the if they're not the right people then it doesn't necessarily matter and as far as growing your community and and building the community the way that you want it to be it's super important that you have the right people in your door so as far as becoming a crossfit affiliate or not um is that because so a lot of crossfit box owners that i talk to talk about sometimes how they have to like break down the wall of the idea that people have in their heads about CrossFit initially. Um, I was just talking to another gym owner the other day who was saying he really focuses on the fundamentals because a lot of times people come in and they have this idea that CrossFit is just throwing a bunch of heavy weight around and then getting injured. Um, I think that a lot of people kind of have that idea in their head. So is that something that's kind of holding you back from maybe becoming a CrossFit affiliate or, or how do you rather, I think a better question would be, how do you kind of break that uh, stigma, I guess, around CrossFit? You know, it's a double-edged sword and it's a double-edged sword for all the reasons you just mentioned. So there's going to be a percentage of the population that sees CrossFit. They're going to be, oh my gosh, I'm going to get hurt. They throw heavy weight around. They go super hard all the time. I don't want to go that hard. I can't go that hard. I don't have the ability to go that hard. Then there's also a population that absolutely loves the idea of that. And that's why they go to those gyms. Like, I just want to be destroyed. That's all I want. 
And that's right. just that's just what people associate with CrossFit specifically. And a lot of that probably comes from all the social media surrounding it typically isn't necessarily health, wellness, you know, get us right. better out of disease, things like that. A lot of it centers around the CrossFit games and regionals and competitions, local competitions, bigger competitions throughout the year. So it skews people's perception of what CrossFit can be because CrossFit was – ideally invented just to help people move and get healthier. That was the idea. Right. And, and I come from that, that base, you know, in 2011, before the, the open existed in 2010 and 2009, when I was doing CrossFit, I was doing it to be a better version of myself, be healthier, um, stave off disease, et cetera. So when it comes to the marketing aspect of that, do we affiliate, do we not? Are, like you said, are we going to attract the right population? When it comes to breaking down the walls and the barriers, I think one of the most important things to do is before people try out a class is to have a talk with them and just talk with them about what your facility does and how you do it. So something we'll do is we'll even bring up a week of programming and talk to them about what it's like. So the goal here isn't to die. We're lifting today. So it's high time under tension, high essential loading. We can, you don't need to necessarily go super deep into it, but like you're not going to die this day. This day, we're mm -hmm. going to bring up the intensity. So it's not just intensity every day. You bring up versions of scaling. Uh, we like to shoot and market and people doing all different kinds of scales. This is what you can do. If you can't physically perform a lunge, you can still do things. There's still plenty of things you can do. So hopefully that helps break down that wall of if I enter this CrossFit gym, I have to destroy my body. I have to be able to do all these super fit things. If I can't do a pull-up, I can't go to the gym, et cetera. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just having a conversation with people like, like you're talking to a friend almost like, look, this is what it's like here. We're going to help you do X, Y, and Z. You don't have to worry about injury. I think a lot of people are, are concerned about injury when it comes to CrossFit. So that's good that you break that down in that way to make them feel comfortable. Um, but it, I mean, it all essentially ties back to defining that avatar and just getting the right people in your door. And then once you get the right people in the door, it's not necessarily something that you have to worry about so much. Absolutely. And I had a coffee with a, a good friend of mine and he owns his own business. It's not in the health and fitness world, but he talked about high, medium and low goals for marketing essentially. And so having a grid mm -hmm. and this is what you prioritize. And one of the first things you have to do before you prioritize anything is exactly what you said. You have to define the market that you're going to appeal to the most. Who are you trying to appeal to the most? Because if you don't know that, you can't target your content or target any of your marketing and advertisements to the right group of people you want to get through the door in the first place. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of times it's like, okay, just bring me as many people as you possibly can. When getting, like I said before, like getting a, a million people in the door doesn't really mean anything if they're not the right people. And then as far as retention goes as well, those clients aren't going to be the ones that stay, you know, the people that just kind of pop in to try it out or the people that don't actually fit what it is that you're looking for. So in the long run, it really doesn't pay off anyway. And they're not getting the results that they're looking for either. You know, you want the people that are serious, that come in, that want specific results that are going to stick around and be a member of the gym for a long period of time. And that's also going to help the business grow as well, because if you're constantly kind of chasing your tail, just trying to get new people in and cycling through members, then you're really not growing. It's like, you're just spinning your wheels month over month, trying to keep your doors open. So 100%, I think one of the most important aspects you hit on that is retention. 
retention is huge, which is why like, first and foremost, you pay attention to the members that are already here. And like you said, you find people that are here for the right reasons. Cause you, you ultimately outside of revenue and money and all that time is a huge aspect of life that is very valuable and you don't want to waste their time and you don't want to waste yours. And so just getting people through the door. And if you just focus on that, you're not necessarily using your time wisely, but you're also not giving, giving them value for their time. If it's something they're not going to stay with. So you mm-hmm. want to make everyone's time worth worth the most, which means you want to get the people through the door whose time is going to be spent wisely at your facility. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Super important for everybody's everybody's time. Like you said, your time, their time, and actually helping them get to their results. Because if they're not going to get to their results at your facility, then they might as well go to another facility that fits them better. you know it's it's not a planet fitness facility and some people like that aspect of it that's why they're so Mm -hmm. uh profitable they're so successful there are people that really like that and so making sure that the people that just want a gym membership to have it or to go once every couple weeks that's not going to fit your community and so you need to make sure that when you take those people in and if you kind of like hey i I don't know this is going to be a great fit that's a conversation to have right at the start which is one of the reasons why we have that conversation right Absolutely. Kind of um, saves you time in the long run. So uh, so one question that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing in your business right now, what would that be and why? Oof. Requires a little bit of thinking, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> that's That's really tough, honestly, because I feel like there's so many things you can improve on. You know, I, I feel like we can definitely improve on our intake process. We can uh, improve, you know, certain aspects of our facility. We can improve like certain uh, intra communication throughout the gym. I mean, there's a, a million things I think we could improve on. I think, I, I think probably just our, like our webpage, which we're actually trying to improve now is, is going to mm-hmm. be one of the bigger things. And then having a specific, like, like we keep saying, but avatar, I think one of the problems with what we're doing is when you see Moxie training company, because we're not a CrossFit affiliate, because we say functional fitness, ultimately it's like, what do they do there? If you don't know yeah. what we do here, it's like, what do they do here? And we're, we're trying to figure out how to improve that to make it more specific so that when people Google us or when people walk by, they know what we do here versus just like, I have no idea what happens in that place. Um, right. And so I think we could improve on that specifically. It's just kind of defining what we do and making that more visible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, making it something that, like you say, when somebody Googles you, they know exactly what it is that you're doing within your facility and if it's a fit for them or not right away. Yeah, because right. I think sometimes it's like throwing like a broad net almost like functional fitness. People don't necessarily know what that is or how it can help them. So, yeah, certainly defining um, exactly what it is that you do will help you draw in those people that you're looking for. Right. Functional fitness could literally be anything. I mean, it, it yeah. could literally be anything. Every every gym says functional fitness. It's a keyword. Yeah. It's a buzzword. We all do functional fitness, but what, what does that even mean? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So as you start to wrap up here, how can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, they can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Moxie Training Company. We have a website, moxietrainingco.com. Uh, they can find me personally. It's a Fosco coach at um, Instagram. 
Um, I have a, a Facebook I don't use nearly as much. So those are going to be the ways that can also uh, email us. And so find all that contact info online. All right. Awesome. So Moxie Training Company, if you're in the Missouri area, I know it's a pretty, pretty large area, but <laughs> make sure you go and check them out on social media. Thank you so much for joining us today, Angela. It's been awesome having you on the show. It was my pleasure. Awesome. All right. So to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure to keep killing it and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of SCG Fitness in Santa Cruz, California, Becca Davis. How are you doing today? I'm good, Dominic. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Excited to dive in here. So let's just start with it. What's SCG Fitness all about? So we, um, in a general sense, are a hybrid between a standard gym and a CrossFit gym. So um, I'm sure I'll dive more into this, but my background is in um, running health clubs. I've worked in almost every area of a health club that you can imagine. Um, And so my, and, and CrossFit is my passion and kind of always been a hobby for me. So when I was starting to think about um, opening a gym, um, I kind of created this business model um, that was the best of both worlds. So the thing that standard gyms do very well is they kind of they have this this these business hours that folks can come in anytime, work out on their own. Um, you know, if you can't make a class, come in and um, do your own thing. And they also offer personal trainers um, and for that added support. And then what CrossFits do really well is they build this this amazing community that I really have not seen anywhere else. And so my my goal was to create different membership tiers so that people could essentially, like we could support them by allowing them to either just come in and do their own workout if that's what they want, um, or have access to also come in, do their own workout, and then take a class or two. Awesome. So we'll get into a little bit more of the the details and the layout and what that's turned into as you brought that plan into reality. But uh, let's hop in the time machine. Give us a little (laughs) bit more, um, a little bit more of the the background. And then 
bring us up to, you know, coming up with, um, you know, the, when it started to get real and when you really got into the, uh, the build out of this, the, um, you know, you found a location, um, a little bit more of the, the kind of what and why behind it and how that all came together to, to end up with you guys opening five and a half months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have so much experience, you know, five and a half months old. Um, no, so my uh, one of my business partners and I just kind of sat down and started formulating, like, what would this look like? So we kind of had this, I had this basis of, you know, again, this is what the gym, the standard gym does very well. This is what CrossFit's do well. How do we build that in? Um, and then what does that look like? So um, one of the biggest things I feel strongly about is that, um, you know, what a lot of health clubs do is they, they bring in as many members as they can. Um, and it's kind of like, give me your credit. Card. I mean, this is no fact. This is a general statement, but like, you know, give us your credit card and we'll do our best to support you. But with 4,000 members, there's, there's just no way. Like I, I just saw it over and over again. And I just felt like I was never able to like really support people in their, their fitness journey as much as I wanted to. And so I knew that, um, I wanted a, a business model and pricing that allowed us to have um, about 200 members or less, but also be able to be profitable. So that's sometimes what CrossFit struggle with is like, where is that? How much space do we need to get that amount of people in here so that we can actually make money? Um, and so we started looking at spaces here in Santa Cruz, California, and um, we, uh, almost signed a lease for a, a, an amazing warehouse in Scotts Valley, which is um, just a little bit north of Santa Cruz. And uh, I happened to reach out to the county right before we signed the lease, like the day we were signing the lease. And they let me know that actually there's a very robust process for um, gyms to get permitted to do business in this county. Um, it's like a six month, $10,000 process. And um, you can't do anything in a space until you get those permits and they can deny you. So <laughs> we almost signed a three-year lease and um, potentially wouldn't have been able to open business. So once I figured that out, um, we started looking for spaces that were already permitted to um, be a gym, which meant that they had been a gym at one point. So we came across this space over on the west side of town. Um, actually down the street from where CrossFit originally started and um, met with the, the landlords and they were amazing and very supportive of understanding that what we were trying to do and that it was, you know, in the middle of COVID. And um, so, you know, everything kind of worked out from there. Awesome. So in this vision of, um, and I want to I want to kind of delineate this a little bit of this hybrid uh, traditional gym, health club, uh, CrossFit facility. I've seen a lot of facilities that have uh, it's a traditional gym, big box gym, whatever the case may be, with a functional fitness room or even a real CrossFit affiliate. And I've seen CrossFit affiliates who have open gym hours as sort of a, an afterthought or or a filler. So. What were the things that you thought that you could do differently, hopefully better um, in hybridizing this? And, and were there any 
potential worries that you had about how the, the crossover integration could have gone with that model? Totally. That's such a good question. So as we were, once we figured out this space that we were going to come into this space, it, we actually had about a month before we were going to take it over. And so we started putting together these floor plans that um, essentially are intact. So we're a, a box, like a, <laughs> like a typical CrossFit gym. We actually popped in a couple offices to give us some space for that. Um, but our whole space is just one big open square. Um, and so we started to figure out what is the flow of this going to look like. So in, in this business model, it was important to me um, that we could hold classes and people could kind of work out on their own all at the same time, because that was like the thing that I had experienced, you know, as a CrossFitter, I love taking classes. Um, but I always had this like extra stuff that I liked doing outside of the classes. And it was like, there was no, like you said, it was like this open jam was like kind of like an afterthought. So it was like, we were kind of like shoveled into the corner and it was like, don't disrupt the classes. Um, and so I wanted to be able to, to not only with the equipment that we have. So like we have an elliptical machine and we have a cable machine and we have our standard treadmill, um, and those are things that people can walk in, like a typical gym goer can walk in and say, okay, this, this stuff looks familiar to me, you know, cause then they see the GHD and they're like, what, what, that's a torture machine. Like, <laughs> what is this equipment, you know? So it was, and then a crossfitter will walk in and see all the stuff that they're accustomed to doing, you know, assault bikes, assault runners and all stuff like that. Um, so we laid it out that we literally in the middle of our floor essentially is one of our rigs. The other one is attached to our far wall and our classes take place in between those two rigs. So we move all the bikes, the rovers, the, the barbells in that space when we have classes for whatever we need that day. And then essentially along the whole outside of our wall, I'm doing motions and no one can see these but you. <laughs> so there's no point in doing them, but that's how I talk. Um, so we have equipment like our treadmills, elliptical cable machine, a couple lifting stations that are on the outside of our walls that are kind of like out of the way of the classes to give those folks the space to do that. So that's kind of how like we did this hybrid model of even like the way that we laid everything out, the flow of how it all works. Um, we even set like our, even though again, we're one room, I have our speakers are like, I have 10 different speakers in, in uh, the gym and you can like turn them up and down depending on which ones you want louder. And so my thought was like, someone comes in, we can turn them down in certain areas, turn them up in the class area, just to like, again, create that feel and kind of accommodate different people in the space. Got it. Got it. Okay. So big thoughts of making sure nobody feels like an afterthought or primary, secondary, just how can we make it as, you know, accommodating, inviting, and useful for, for everybody equally? Like a, almost a true 50-50 attention and value for people doing either, either or both, really. Totally. And, and even, you know, in our name, um, and we can go into what our, our name actually means, but while, again, I'm a huge believer in CrossFit myself and I, I believe in the methodology and I love the workouts. It was important to me that and we are affiliated and we have a CrossFit name. Our CrossFit name is uh, CrossFit Growth Mindset. 
And it was important to me to be a part of that community. But I understand that, there, you know, it's just another, it can be for some people a barrier to entry. You know, they think of a CrossFit gym and there's, um, in my opinion, a lot of misconceptions about what CrossFit gyms are. And I really wanted to, for our name to be um, not only tied to our mission, but also a name that, um, folks would be comfortable just walking in the door so that then we could explain to them like that the many different levels and offerings that we have for people. Awesome. Awesome. So as you guys um, got ready to, to open up, to start up the business, the things that, that get overlooked a lot of times, especially in the, you know, the, the micro gym world or gyms that are started by people with fitness backgrounds are, it's a gym. I just need to have equipment. I need to get people to come in. Uh, as long as I have a, a tight budget and low overhead, um, I'm just starting up a gym. And there's a difference between a gym that's starting up and look at your gym as a startup. And I'm making air quotes that no one can see a startup <laughs> business, like any startup business, having good plans, having financial runway, not expecting, Hey, if I don't get X amount of members on day one, I'm going to be screwed or I have to limp this thing along. So from the actual startup business mentality, how did you apply that to the gym and in what comforts, concerns, plans has, have you had to build around that, um, you know, letting yourself identify as a startup business and not just some people starting a gym, which I think are polar opposites that get lumped totally. too often. Yeah, I know you kind of hear of that, that story a lot. They're like the best coach in the world. And then they, they open a gym and they're like, am, am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yeah, no kids <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> they're like, you know, they open up and they're like, oh shit, I actually have no idea how to uh, run a business. So I was almost, not almost the opposite, but I was quite different than that. So I have the, the, uh, I'm fortunate, I guess, that I have the business background. So I've worked in the fitness industry. And again, I, I've done the training thing. I've taught complex classes, spinning classes, like all the works. Um, but I love the business piece of it. Like I, and it's so funny because I talk to people in this industry and they're like, you enjoy the business, you know, like people are generally in here. And I love people too, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I love, like, I love um, managing people and, and uh, coaching employees, you know, not only members, but employees and um, dealing with the books and coming up with budgets. And so I kind of had that already in my mind. And so while, uh, you know, coming up with that stuff for a, the health club industry or a business you don't own, come to find out is a tad bit different than when you're opening your own business and it's a startup and all that. Um, I, I had a lot of experience in like going into it with eyes wide open as much as I could. Um, I, and it was like almost the other piece where like we didn't have, we literally started from ground zero. So I wasn't even working in Santa Cruz County before I opened this gym. So I didn't have, like I wasn't training people out of my garage. We didn't like start with 20, 30 members like a lot of people do. We literally started you know, with, um, my father-in-law <laughs> was our first member and, you know, we started with like a couple family members and then it, 
we just grew beyond that. And so that was kind of the thing that I was like, oh, that's why people do that. They like start a gym in their garage so they can open up with members already. We didn't do that. But we, we at least, you know, again, I've been putting together budgets uh, for, uh, you know, uh, health clubs with 4,000 members and all the different things. So I was pretty covered when it came to that kind of stuff. Great, great. So you, it, 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 I'll leave it up to you if you want to talk exact numbers or not, we, we can or can't. But in the five and a half months you've been open, you have amassed a member base um, which is comparable to what a lot of a lot of gyms would like to be at in various parts of the country, various stages in years, and you've gotten there in months. And as I say, you can talk about the number where you are now or not, but just in general, you've gotten to where you are more quickly than the average gym. So, what strategies have you employed? What's worked best, especially? coming in without having community roots or being a trainer at the gym down the street or training people out of your house. Like what have you done to grow as rapidly as you have? And I'm sure for you, you're like, well, we could probably, it could always be faster and more when you're a startup, but, yeah. but you've got, you've got a good running start. So what do you attribute that to? I mean, I really do appreciate you saying that. Cause I am uh, one of the things I'm working on myself for is I'm not a patient person. So like I literally went and talked to another um, gym owner, another CrossFit owner here in the area. He's been here forever. Um, and I just really respect his business, like how he's been running his business. And I went and talked to him and said, you know, what kinds of things are you doing? And he was so sweet and, and kind of shared with me what, what they've done and what you know, mistakes they've made. And he said, how long have you been open again? I said, ah, under six months. And I said, I know patience is not my, <laughs> my best feature. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for like, how can we do better? And you know, what can we change? Um, which to be honest with you, I think is like one of the many things that has been so helpful for us is because it's like, okay, what can we learn from other people? What can we learn from other businesses? And then how can we apply that here? Um, but we have, I mean, I, I'm happy to share numbers. I, you know, again, I, I think it, um, the secret sauce is like in actions. And I think a lot of times people are like, I don't want to share what we've been doing, or I don't want to share this or, you know, people get very scared. And it's like, as long as you believe in what you're doing and you're actually doing it, like, I think people feel that. So, um, we have about 70, um, month to month members and about 15 to 20 on punch cards. Um, so that's, that's about where we sit, um, a little under six months in and, um, some days I feel like I have no idea what the hell we've done. <laughs> really, we get, yeah. And then, and uh, I'm like, what are we doing? And, you know, you're just kind of putting one foot in front of the other because there are so many different things that uh, you deal with when you're a business owner and a, a small business owner. Um, and then other days, uh, you know, people will come our members will come tell us, you know, how, how much we've changed their life in such a short time. And, um, we have members that are like, they've already built relationships in this literally just a few months and they're, they're going on bike rides together and they're meeting up for drinks. And like that, that community again is already starting to build outside of here, which, um, is really cool. 
but to be honest with you, I think, um, there's a lot of little things, you know, we're doing the Google ads and the, the social media ads and, uh, the things that, you know, everyone's doing, but what we're really spending a lot of time on is being very intentional about our culture here. Um, we're being very intentional about the way, like from the words that we use to how we're coaching classes to what we're presenting in these classes. Um, as in, we have four different level, every class we have, there's four different levels for people to pick and choose depending on where they're at in their fitness journey um, and what they're comfortable doing at this point. Um, and so I think this, this intentionality behind uh, our culture and environment, it's not, it's not just like, oh, we're welcoming or, oh, we're, um, nice. I, you know, I don't know what the words that people use, but, um, it's, it's stuff like I'm hearing that people are, they're coming to me and saying, my friends are telling me that I'm more positive, that like, I'm not complaining as much. And, and I think it's just having an environment where people can start to have these conversations in here of, you know, what are the thoughts that are, you know, we focus a lot on mindset and what are the thoughts that are going through your mind in a workout? And what is it that's telling you that you can't do something or that you need to stop? And um, what does it look like to breathe differently and try to calm yourself while you're in a workout? And um, I just don't think that, that, that those are typical <laughs> conversations. At least I've never had them in a gym setting. Um, and I think it's really resonating with people. And so they're bringing, they're, they're trusting us. And so they're bringing their friends and family in. Um, and as anyone in the, the fitness industry knows, especially right now with COVID, um, there's a lot of trust issues, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, is it safe? Is it clean? Um, I haven't worked out in two years. Is this a, an environment that I can walk into and feel completely comfortable? I'm going to want to come back. And the best way to do that is to have happy members and, and people that love being here and trust us. And so they're, they're really our number one marketing right now. Awesome. Awesome. So the, the SCG name, the, the mission, the, you know, the culture, the community you're building there. Those are things that, you know, different, it doesn't even have to be CrossFit. You know, we have different fitness franchises or independents that, that pay lip service to that. And then there's this, there's a disconnect or uh, it gets to be tough to integrate because the average person still walking into a gym isn't saying, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for community. I'm looking for support. I'm looking for it's totally. still, you know, the thing that still gets people off the couch and in front of you normally is still, I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to play with my kids. So at what point do you integrate that into your communications with people? Is it from initial email? I know that it's, it's on your website to a certain degree, but in the actual person to person communication, how far into the process do you get with somebody before they're there may be a, Hey, I know you're looking for this and we can help you get there, but we do this a little bit differently. And this is how, like, where is that interwoven mostly? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I, 
one area that I do try to maybe not totally address that piece of it, but that I do try to just show um, uh, kind of who we are, who our community is, but also like the different things I believe in is on our social media. Um, so hopefully whoever's listening to this will come follow us on Instagram. Um, shameless plug for that. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure you plug it again before the end. Totally. Okay. Um, and our, our Instagram in particular, I think does a really good job at just like, like we have mindset posts and then we have posts about our community and then posts about nutrition and all these different things um, that we believe in. Um, and so part of what we did when we were putting together this business is um, kind of create these four pillars um, movement, which is what typically people are going to come to us for, right? They're not, you're not searching for fitness or a gym and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm looking for mindset coaching. Like that, you know, that's just like not a thing. So we know that movement obviously is a huge part of what we do. Um, and then I wanted to um, incorporate nutrition. I, again, this, these are all things that I've lived through myself. I found that nutrition is either extremely helpful in the gym or a huge detriment. And I found just so much value in starting to uh, myself clean up my nutrition and, and figure out how that played into the rest of my life. Um, being a mom and a, and a wife and enjoying drinking and all the things like it's figuring out how to incorporate nutrition and enjoying CrossFit. How does that all work in with that? Um, and then uh, mindset, as I've talked about a couple of times, it was important to me. Um, the coach that I'd been working with for years um, for my CrossFit training also um, got recently got his master's in psychology. And so he has like, real passion and is so um, experienced in uh, what, how does your mindset affect all these other areas of your life? So it was cool to kind of chat with him in the beginning stages and um, kind of bring him on as part of the business. Um, and then the last one is just recovery. So you can only, my, my theory and many people's theory is that you can only work out as hard as your body is recovered. And so what does that actually look like um, in practice? And, and as we figure that, we're continuing to figure that out. One of the ways that we did that was to put these recovery classes. There are 30 minutes of some sort of like breathing, meditation, and then stretching, foam rolling, um, using the lacrosse ball, something like that to just kind of help people recover throughout the week. Um, I don't remember what your question was. <laughs> Did I answer it? <laughs> I think so, but then I think you made about three or four more good points. And okay. <laughs> to be honest, I was just listening. I'm like, this is just, this is really cool. So um, <laughs> what's not cool is we are winding down on time. So I have okay. to get a couple of more things in here for you. You're a brand new business. So there are a lot of things going on. There's, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're not even six months in. So this, this could be a tough question to ask or to answer. I guess it's easy for me to ask because I just get to ask it to you. But um, <laughs> what do you see in, in the long term for SCG? Is your long term goal, you know, get this business up and running, get it to its potential, and then just enjoy it? Is it, you know, proof of concept and then maybe possibly expanding into other areas? Like, do you have the, um, I think it's Jim Collins calls it the big, hairy, audacious goal for yourself <laughs> as a, a fitness business owner, or, or are we just like 
hey, let's focus on right now and then worry about that later. Totally. First thing I have to say, because I don't think we've covered this, is what our name stands for. I think it's okay. It's okay. Um, so SDG stands for support, connect, grow. Um, support is, again, this idea of like supporting folks. So we have this, um, not only do people get a few free personal training sessions with us, that they get up to four when they join. Um, we also give them a nutrition consultation um, and a mindset consultation. So that's like part of this whole, like, we're going to get you off your first 90 days. Those are like the scariest times in, in the gym membership. And so we'll support you really heavily in the beginning of those. We have a year long onboarding process where we're communicating with people on their first year. Um, and then uh, creating this environment, like I talked about earlier, where they can support each other. Um, and then together we want to support the wider community. So um, we're looking to do some fundraisers. We've uh, joined the chamber here locally, which has been really cool to kind of meet other businesses. Um, and then connect, again, what CrossFit does so well, connecting people to other like-minded people so that, again, they're going on bike rides together and they're, they're meeting each other outside of here um, and then getting each other to come in here for workouts and then grow. Um, so we, we believe in and live in the growth mindset, um, which uh, we don't have time to go into, but if you haven't um, heard of the growth mindset, I really encourage you to just do a quick Google search. But essentially, it's this idea that we're always learning um, and we can teach ourselves anything. And that especially like in workouts, it's like so prevalent in this environment that um, when we feel like we failed or we feel like we haven't done enough, it's using those opportunities to actually become better versions of ourselves, um, as opposed to looking at them as, as failures as we go. Um, so to answer your actual question about the future, um, yeah, I mean, like in the immediate, it's, yeah, let's get our feet on the ground. Let's get ourselves to where um, we feel financially stable. Um, and getting enough members to, to be in that position. My ultimate um, goal um, would be to expand, is to have um, more than one location. Um, my, my goal right now is to build a business that is repeatable, should that be in our cards for the future. Perfect. And then last question, whether it be over the last six months or so of being open or, you know, the, the planning stages in the life cycle of this business, is there any big lesson that you've learned, any light bulb moment, anything that maybe you wish you would have known six months or a year ago, or whenever this idea really started coming together that you feel like once it clicked for you was a mind state shift or was something that really moved the needle towards your progress? I don't know that I've had this like huge shift yet <laughs> because we're it's so, early, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're still learning. And again, because of who I am and what I believe in, it's like, we're always learning. Like there, it, it's like kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Because you know, it's like always like if you're, if you're always chasing that thing, you never fully feel like you've you've arrived or you've settled. Um, so just really enjoying the process. That's again, this whole growth mindset is like how, you know, every time something happens and I'm, you know, there's been, I'll be completely honest, a lot of moments of like, 
I, I literally cannot handle any anymore. Like th- this must be it. Like this must be like the, the top level of stress. And then something else happens <laughs> and you're like, okay, funny that I thought that was stressful because now this, you know, and so I think really it's, um, being prepared, like just being okay for things to constantly be changing and being okay that, um, you are constantly going to feel like you're not doing enough and you're not doing the right things. And, um, that's really hard, especially, you know, typically when people go out to open a business, they are like, they're prepared. They're that kind of person that is like, I can work hard. Like I can work around the clock. And, and it's, it's not just that it's like having the, the amount of brain capacity to do what, what needs to be done. And, and ultimately everyone's kind of looking to you to guide the ship. Um, and you just have to be okay that to say, sometimes I just don't know, um, surrounding yourself with people who support you, um, and believe in you. And so that when you're like, I can't do this, they're like, yes, you can. Um, that's super important. Um, if you have a family outside of the business, make sure you have a partner that supports you. My husband is amazing and I have a six-year-old daughter and she's great and he has just taken the brunt of it and just allowed me to to spend time on the business so um I think being okay to not know have all the answers and just being prepared that the level of stress that comes um with starting a business especially in this industry especially during a pandemic is uh, it's going to be really hard. And, and like, that's okay. And as long as you can keep your, yourself level-headed, make sure you're uh, taking some time for yourself and get the workouts in and all that stuff. And uh, I think, I think the reward is, is, uh, is worth it. Awesome. Awesome. Last thing before we have to say goodbye, plug time, website, social media, <laughs> anything you got, where, where can we find you? Yeah, so our website is scgfitness.org. Our Instagram is S- at scgfitness. Um, Facebook is at scgfitnesssantacruz. I believe that's the right one. Um, and right. my... I, I yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think, yeah, at, at scgfitness is already taken on Facebook. So, um and my, uh, you, I mean, you can find me on Instagram, though I think our business one is much more interesting. Mine is more of my daughter and my own workouts, but um, mine is at Becca Joy Davis. And my email is Becca, B E C C A, at scgfitness.org. Um, yeah, I'm happy to chat with anyone. Again, I love learning from other people and chatting with other people about the industry and uh, starting a business and uh, CrossFit because, you know, as CrossFitters, we're freaking crazy and that's all we talk about. So uh, happy to have anyone reach out to me. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure having you. I wish you continued success. Uh, hopefully we get to check in on you sometime in the future. Totally. Thanks, Dominic. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lawrence Nation, 
Keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.